0: Hey guys, I'm Randy.
1: And I'm Daniel. We're
0: two lifelong friends and musicians, but when we're not playing gigs, we like to talk
1: games. And today on the Gaming Gig Podcast, we're talking about Dave the Diver and what the heck is an indie? Randy, I'm upset.
0: You're upset. How are you upset?
1: I'm upset because all this controversy about Dave the Diver makes me sad and anxious because I think it's such a great game and it makes me sad.
0: It is sad that a good game is in the middle of a bunch of controversy, but I think that this is a good question because it seems like there is some maybe systematic problems with what indie games are. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously Dave the Diver got nominated for Indie Game of the Year at the Game Awards, and yep. that has caused the whole thing.
1: Yeah, Yeah, everybody's up in arms. Um, and do you want to go go over the poll results before we get into the, the nitty-gritty here, or do you want to preface?
0: Well, first, I just want to say, like, why is this even a thing? Uh, you, if you're not, like, into the kind of the, the inside stuff in gaming, you may be wondering, like, why this is a problem. Because if you look at a game like Dave the Diver, you might think, yeah. I, I think that's probably an indie game I think look
1: at all the pixel art
0: right it's got it's pixel art that's mm-hmm. one of the big things um so Dave the diver was created by a small team uh, called mint rocket yes and it is a smaller team but it's kind of like a, a subsection of a very large Korean company uh, called uh, Nexon and they're a huge multi-billion dollar game publishing company so yeah it's
1: they've got a do- a, a buck or two.
0: Right, and so Dave the Diver, although made from a small team, definitely had a lot of resources, funding from this huge company. So mm-hmm. it's not an independently made game.
1: Yeah, and well, at least people, not an independently published game. That's for sure. Right.
0: Yeah, at least not independently published, and and also it had a lot more resources and stuff that an indie studio, a traditional what you might consider to be indie studio, wouldn't have. Right. So that's why it has caused all this controversy and it's caused this conversation of what is an indie game. And what I found through thinking about this over the last week is that it's a little more complex than you might initially think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, and and, you know, I think I've kind of been floating through life with my head in the, the clouds all willy nilly and just kind of thinking like, oh, well, kind of like a lot of people look at all them pixels, you know, right. That must be indie, but it's not that simple. It's it's, it's not that really simple. Really not
0: that simple, and we'll get into all that today. So yeah, let's let's start with this first poll where I put out said, "Do you consider Dave the Diver to be an indie game?"
1: Yeah, at thirty seven percent, people said yes, and at sixty three percent, people said no. So much more people said no, but it's not completely one sided.
0: It's no, it's not one sided, and I think that also this has this poll was after the fact that. Everyone kind of started to realize that, wait, maybe this isn't an indie game. Like, I think if you hadn't done the research and found out that it was backed by a huge company, mm-hmm. you might just assume it was. And that, you know, if we had done this poll before the controversy, I could totally see it being swapped the other way around.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we even we even briefly discussed it on this podcast because you heard something about that. Yeah, I did. And then I Googled it real quick and we just found Mint Rocket. And we moved on.
0: We were like, oh, yeah, that's okay. Maybe it is an indie. I've never heard of Mint Rocket.
1: Yeah but um yeah it's it's deeper than that so it's much deeper than that before we get into some comments though we do want to tell you guys uh we have a discord server it's a really cool place to hang out and talk games and you get first dibs if you want your comment uh featured on the gaming geek podcast
0: all right, I go there first. So, And speaking of, we're going to start with a comment from our Discord channel. We got the Laninator who said, I've always considered indie games to mean what they say, independently published, and Dave the Diver is not. But that also means that by definition, Baldur's Gate 3 is an indie game, which it had a massive budget. It is a bit of a blurry line. If this continues, I think maybe we need to think about indie games, not in terms of who published them, but what the overall budget was. Because I think the whole point of the indie scene is to give the nod to low-budget passion projects by small studios.
1: Yeah, I think Ader again, hit us with a pretty intelligent comment. As he, he typically he, does. He tends to do yeah, that. he tends to. <laughs> um, and he's right. Baldur's Gate 3, massive.
0: Massive. It was, yeah, independently I mean, published, but it had a budget of like $100 million. That is yeah. by no means an indie game, as we would think of being an indie game.
1: And I don't think Dave the Diver uh, had a $100 million budget. Uh, I can't speak <laughs> to that doubt it. with uh, actual facts, but uh, I certainly would be shocked if it did. Um, But
0: I would say, I mean, there's probably a decent chance that it had, I don't know, we should Google search it and see if it's a thing, because what if it had a million dollar budget? You know, like, what if it did? Where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? Um, And we'll get to that in a minute. But I actually, in terms of what you're saying, Leonard, in terms of like, you can't just go with independently published, because Nintendo independently publishes their games, you know, (laughs) so you can't.
1: Yeah, we were talking about this before we started rolling. Like yeah. what if Tears of the Kingdom was an indie game of the year? You know? <laughs> right. Like-
0: it's it can't be,
1: right? So
0: you can't just go with independently published because there are tons of games that are independently published by huge publishing companies. So you have to decide where is the line because small publishing, you know, if you independently publish it and you're a small, you know, publisher, it can still be considered indie. And so I think the idea of using the overall budget. It's not a bad idea, but it is definitely a blurry line. So do you have any any hard numbers on what Dave the Diver's budget was?
1: I mean, I'm I'm hearing some pretty pretty steady uh less than 10 million?
0: Oh, so it's still a multi-million dollar game. Uh,
1: well, I mean, I'm not I, these are not like from nexon you know or mint rocket so i I don't know exactly but this one guy's estimating around 1.8 so 1 to 2 million okay i mean i wouldn't be
0: surprised it was that it had a a million dollars behind it looking at the quality of the game you know mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised by that but that being said there are lots of indie games who have significantly 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 less money than that in it
1: yeah and there looks like in the credits there's 29 core developers but there's also like Hundred plus other people, the like special thanks and things like right. that. So, you know, I mean, small team compared to something like Baldur's Gate, I'm sure, but yeah. maybe not as small as something like a Stardew, which, <laughs> right, again, later got picked up by and, some and, big
0: and published by big company. So yeah, it. it anyways, so I we're, we were talking about uh, on our Discord channel, we were kind of having this conversation about Dave the Diver, and I said, what if you consider it an indie like, you know, mm-hmm. let's put that and. Uh, Punished Skull had a comment about that.
1: Yeah. Punish said, I suppose, but that could be a bad thing. If big devs start making indie-like games, that could hurt actual indie devs,
0: which is true. It's, it is true. I mean, that's kind, that's kind of what we're seeing here in terms of like hurt them. I don't know about hurt them. But it would definitely hurt them when it comes to like awards season. If
1: I know. think, um, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but uh, I was saying, I think John from Good Bobs uh, said something about, you know, what if Nintendo made, went back and made like a Super Pixel RD Zelda you know, and called it an indie like. And
0: they've kind of already done that in a way with uh, the Cadence of Hyrule thing where we had. I like, think he brought
1: that up specifically. Yeah, that's kind
0: of been a. That's already. Now, that was obviously the company that put that together was a fairly independently small, you know, uh, developer, but it was published and it had backing and funding from Nintendo. So I would. I mean, mm-hmm. it's obviously the IP, and that's Zelda. I mean, it's
1: huge yeah. we might need to have like a blacklisted uh list of ips that can't make indies <laughs> right no marios no zeldas right. no final fantasies you know mm-hmm. all that but
0: that being said i i really like the idea you know kind of like i do think that it could hurt indie devs if like big companies start making indie likes i do think that could potentially you know step on their toes a little bit i guess um, but i do like the idea that big developers don't always have to be making huge projects like mm-hmm. i'm tired of only mm-hmm. seeing triple A games that are, you know, mm-hmm. got these huge hundreds of million dollar budget, you know, right. like I, I, we don't need that.
1: Yeah. And you said before we started rolling, you know, what if we had like a double A category at the Game, game Awards, you know, right. double A of the year or, you know, like Lennonator said, passion project of the year. And the criteria includes like can't have a budget above this, you right because mm-hmm. I, I agree with what he said that I think the whole indie idea is about like those passion project games. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that maybe don't have the scope or the resources you know put into them of a triple of A AAA. so mm-hmm. that kind of goes with what you're saying about indie like
0: yeah yeah, but I don't know I, I do like the idea of big publishers making smaller games but I don't I don't know they definitely shouldn't be nominated for indie game of the year though at, yeah. the, um, at the same way you know just because yeah. I like the idea of no, them not having to do always do big projects doesn't mean that they need to be nominated for what should be like pointing out great work by people with Very small budgets making Mm -hmm. games as passion projects,
1: yeah. And this kind of goes into our next comment here by Mm Vladic, who said, Honestly, he's just glad it got some sort of nomination. Which that's kind of where you are, are. yeah. yeah. It's such a good game, it deserves a nomination. Where else is it going to go? And you said, Well, game of the year if it's that good, right? (laughs) I mean, and I see that, I see that point, but
0: usually an indie game does get nominated for game of the year,
1: yeah. And I don't even think if if Dave the Diver is indie, I still don't even think it's the best indie game of the year because I think Sea of Stars is, but it's a lot closer than I expected it to be. So should yeah. it be in game of the year? I would still say no, but does it deserve to get some sort of nod? Yes. Is it an indie game? I guess not. Damn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think it is. In terms of like our opinion on like, is it an indie yeah. game, like, I know we don't have, to have the same opinion, but I think, uh, I don't think it, it is, is definitely not an indie it game. It just
1: hurts me, but it, I don't think it is.
0: It's indie-like. Mm-hmm. It's not an indie game. But yeah. what is an indie game? We'll get into that. But first, I want to tell you guys about our Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. We stream on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern. There's a link to the Twitch channel in the description of wherever you get this podcast. We'd love for you to come hang out with us.
1: That's right. We're playing Baldur's Gate. Sometimes we're even playing music on there. It's it's just like a big variety show these days. Some just Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Just all mean, kinds of stuff. It's so, a good time. All right, we got us another poll here. We asked the gaming gig, Faithful. We said, how do you define an indie then, since you know so much? <laughs> and <laughs> and um, at 44%, people said a game that's self-published. And I love the Super Meat Boy picture there. At 6%, people said a game made with a small budget with a nod to vampire survivors. Huh? At 29%, we got a game made by a small team with the ever faithful Stardew. And at 21%, people said, I don't know. I just know it when I see it. Buddy, like, dang, get off my back.
0: Yeah, so the big answer was, again, that self-published, which is the, like, that's kind of the definitive answer, I guess, if you had to be, mm-hmm. like, really strict about it. Yeah. But it just doesn't work. It just, if you say it's self-published, it just doesn't, if you're really strict with that, it doesn't work.
1: I guess not anymore. Yeah. Thanks, Dave.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like, Dave, one, isn't self-published anyway. That's uh, what I'm because, saying. But, if you say like a game that is self-published, you know, like, like, oh, we like brought Baldur's up, Gate. like Baldur's Gate, yeah. and we brought up, you know, like tons of Nintendo games. I mean, there's all kinds of games that are developed and published by the same company, mm-hmm. uh, and they are not indie games. So that although that would or be, are they or or are they? Um, you know, this I was surprised that the smallest percentage went towards a game made with a small budget. Yeah, because in my mind that is the only thing that you could like literally draw a line in the sand and say okay mm-hmm. if your game costs more than this to make of course that line i guess would have to continuously move him because of inflation or whatever but yeah, you can draw inflation. you could yeah you could draw a line in the sand and say if your game costs more than this it's not an indie game
1: and i think that's the point right i do think that's the point like yeah maybe we have defined it as independently published for a long time but i think the point is those independent publishers don't have the same money and same resources the big boys do. Right. That's why we're giving them a nod, you know. Right.
0: But see, the thing is, and uh, you could have like uh, the second biggest one was a game made by a small team, and that kind of makes sense to me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because you could have, you know, say you have an independent <clears throat> developer, you know, they have a small team, but then it gets picked up and published by a big, you know, d- publisher. I still consider, in my mind, I still consider that to be a an indie game if it really was made with a very small team and small budget. You know, I don't think it matters who publishes it personally because mm-hmm. like you can say like Stardew Valley,
1: for example. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying it doesn't matter who publishes it eventually.
0: Well, yeah, I could even see like, if, say if, um, like we brought up roller coaster tycoon. Yeah. Okay. That's a game made by literal one person, mm-hmm. but it was published by, I don't know. I think it was like, it, uh, I don't remember who published it. We don't have it. to guess. Um, a big company published rollercoaster tycoon is the point um and you know but it was made by one person so in my mind rollercoaster tycoon was still an indie game like especially that first one
1: hasbro interactive yeah
0: published by hasbro i mean come on huge i've heard of them i've heard of them yeah (laughs) so you know i don't know it's tough it's really tough so because i mean how big can the team be how big can the team be? Right, I saw people in the comments saying like, if it's made with more than five people, it's not an indie. I mean, like that's, that's small. <laughs> yeah, but say you have a, a, a team of a hundred people, but they're all like doing it as a passion project; and they're not getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. Could that be an indie?
1: I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. Uh, it's really, really tough. We we'll
0: get we got comments here. Maybe these comments will help us decide.
1: I sure hope what so. What an indie game is. We got one here from Loves M and M's. Loves M M&M and said. <laughs> To me, indie means independent, so being self-published would be the definition. Usually, they also end up having a small team as a result. Maybe, yep. maybe it's got to be both. Maybe. Maybe it has to be Self-published
0: and it needs to be a small team. But the thing is, it's so arbitrary. It's like, where do you draw the
1: line? What's a, what is a small team? What if it's self-published by five people who made the game all by themselves, but all happen to be independently extremely wealthy, and they just <laughs> dumped millions of dollars into this game? Is that right. still
0: indie? Right. Yeah. It's, like, it really is like, it's crazy.
1: I think it's got to be the budget. I think we've got to draw the line at the budget.
0: That's kind of where I've come to as well, but there, are, <clears throat> I still think that even that maybe doesn't fully hold up.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It might not.
0: Let's see if a fat cat from Sweden can help us out. Let's see. Fat Cat says, indie games don't per se need to be self-published, but their development needs to be independent from publisher interference. So that's kind of what I was getting at earlier, like, uh, mm-hmm. say, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Like, doesn't necessarily have to be self-published, but the development, development needs to be independent. Okay, yeah. What does that, mean, that. does that
1: mean, independent? Does that mean independent of, like, monetary um, assistance?
0: Maybe that, or like, hey, you need to make the game this way so it'll sell well, you know, like, you know, they're like, say well, it was uh, calculated by some big company
1: or something, you know. Does Dave the Diver fit that definition, then? We don't know really, but
0: we don't know. We I would assume that we know that they had a bunch of money and stuff. Yeah. So it definitely that wouldn't be independent from publisher interference because it would have been having the money put towards. Well, it. that's what I'm saying. Like, right.
1: is is that interference or is it like like you said? Is it like the direction of the game is free from interference? It's it's you know?
0: really we don't really know. Yeah. We don't really know because I I it's don't get the say.
1: impression I don't get the impression playing through Dave the Diver that some company was like. I mean, it just doesn't feel like a predatory, like it doesn't have loot of, boxes. It doesn't have It loot doesn't boxes. have a season
0: pass, <laughs> right?
1: Now it feels very um, wholesome, you know, in right. that in that regard. Right. But. Right. And again, I have decided that I don't think it's an indie game. I just don't <laughs> want to crap on this game. No, and I,
0: and I don't think it has anything. That's what Daniel's yeah. Daniel's upset because he's worried that the game is going to go down in history as being the game that was caught up into this controversy. Yes, I am. And, <laughs> and I don't think that's it. I really don't. I mean, yeah, it sucks that it was this game that gets chosen to be in the center of this controversy. But I think the conversation needs to happen because we haven't really, mm-hmm. this conversation hasn't really come up before, in at least the same way. It feels like this is a semi, at least if it's not a new conversation, at <clears throat> least more people are talking about it, which I think is important.
1: Yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, also, when we say published independently, mm-hmm. like can it can a, can a team, or can, can a can a studio who develops their game independently publishes it independently and grows can they ever get too big to be an independent publisher They have to Yeah exactly that that happens I mean every company starts out small right I, mean, I guess Yeah I mean thinking about like super giant games I think is what it's called Are they the, the Hades people Supergiant mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like they are they knock everything out of the park you know mm-hmm. like everything they do is great When they drop Hades 2 it's going to be huge It's not an indie right Yeah I, I thought a, it was. Or, you know, like, you're right. You're, you're a good point. I mean, like, uh,
0: there there has to be a point, there has to be a cutoff point.
1: Yacht Club. Yeah. Everything
0: Yacht. they drop is great.
1: Yeah. When do they When do they get too big for the britches? Exactly. You know? There's, it's
0: a good point. It's a really good point. Um, so, we got a comment from Larry House who said, looked at the definition a game created by individuals or a small development team. No way to really put it. Uh, no other way to really put it. I agree with that. And that's kind of like mm-hmm. saying, like, if it's created, this has nothing to do with how who publishes it. Yeah. If it's created by a small development team or individuals, that's a really clean way of doing it. But it leaves open the, the option for, like, say Nintendo sets cro- out three or four people to say, okay, make a game for us. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys just do your own thing and make a little game. And we've had that before. We've yeah. had, you know, like Nintendo do that with, like, say that... That jump rope game that came out on Switch. It was made by a couple people, you know, published by Nintendo on
1: Switch. With a $100 million budget.
0: Yeah. And no, it definitely did not. It probably had a $0 budget, essentially. You know, like, is that an indie game? Is the jump rope game an indie game?
1: I don't know. I don't even know anymore. I don't even know. What, you know, I, I'm, just, I, I'm just running through all these different teams now in my head, like Devolver Digital. Like, mm-hmm. man.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It's there is a, some sort of line, and it's like we as you almost have to do the like the. We'll get to that in a minute because there's a comment that kind of goes over it. that I think probably says it better than I could say.
1: I mean, I I don't know. Not only do I not know where to draw the line anymore, I don't know what to draw the line with. Like I don't know a big I don't marker. Know nothing. A big marker. What kind of marker?
0: I'm gonna say like you gotta go Crayola. Like get a big old Crayola marker. What flavor? Crayola markers aren't flavored, man. You don't need to be tasting them. Uh, they might be flavored, but you're not
1: supposed to eat them. You're telling me you never like took a pull off one of them grape Crayolas? Uh,
0: grape Crayolas? <laughs> you mean a purple Crayola?
1: <clears throat> well, let's move on to everybody has problem. gaps in their knowledge, right? <laughs> That's
0: right. Everyone has a gap in their knowledge.
1: Yeah. I mean, like the Crayola 64 flavor box back in the day that had the sharpener built in.
0: hmm <laughs> Those are crayons. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. All
0: right. That one guy said, that one G guy said. One, one good guy. That one good guy said, if it started as a project <clears throat> someone wants to do for fun or for a community rather than to make money. I think that's a really, I like your idea there. You mm-hmm. know. It's an indie if it was a project put together for the love of doing the project, not to make money.
1: That's just so subjective. Though. It's just so subjective. I, I like
0: the idea yeah. of that, but you can't use that as your defining factor because it's just so subjective.
1: Yeah, that there. I mean, anybody could claim that at that point, you know, Right, like, you could
0: claim that like Tears of the Kingdom was a game made because they just really wanted to make it, and it was mm-hmm. to, for the community, and it was for fun, and it wasn't to make money. They just happened to make a bunch of money off Honestly, of it. Honestly,
1: we just really wanted to make Fortnite right like, like fortnite was a passion
0: project <laughs> fortnite may have been a passion project it may have been because yeah. it blew up i mean it wasn't like it was a big game to begin with
1: well you know we sat down we, when we sat down we didn't intend to no, make the next like, call of duty uh, you know, it'd we, be like
0: fortnite season 15 was really just a passion project
1: <laughs> exactly yeah all right we got a comment from somebody that i haven't seen pop up in a hot minute here mm-hmm. uh we got Celery rose so welcome back to the podcast and uh, here's a big meaty comment from Celeria Rose. Who and said it's
0: edited? I, I actually took some of it out because like, I wanted to talk about this <clears throat> stuff specifically.
1: All right. So Soleria said the challenge is there is a technical definition and there is a public perception. Technically, an indie game is literally just an independent game, meaning that as long as the game is self-published, it's indie. But by that idea, meaning big name games would be indie since the large publisher, or sorry, the large company behind them publishes their own titles. Perception-wise, indie basically has come to mean smaller teams making more moderate to small games, but even that gets fuzzy as some indie games can get pretty large in and of themselves. So it really is just a know-it-when-you-see-it kind of situation because it doesn't really follow a set idea at this point. And you know what? You're right. It
0: kind of of is like a combination of a bunch of different factors, Mm -hmm. and you have to weigh them all individually and decide, is this an indie game or is it not?
1: We need a formula. We need a a weighted formula Mm -hmm.
0: that's like: is it self-published? Okay, it doesn't have to be, but it really helps to give it points. Mm -hmm. Like once you hit a certain threshold, a rubric. Yeah, a rubric, an indie rubric. That's what we need.
1: I'm gonna make an indie rubric. It's like what was the
0: budget? The smaller the budget, the more points you get. Yeah, Um, and then finally, it's like how many people were on the team? The less, the more points you get. And then there you go.
1: I I might design an indie rubric. And put an end to this crap,
0: dude. You do it. You're gonna, you're gonna revolutionize indie gaming forever. And then send it to Jeff Keeley and say, "Here you go, Jeff." And say next th- year, say this
1: is from Gaming Gig. <laughs> this
0: is from Gaming Gig. We created this for you so that next mm-hmm. year you never have to worry about this. The only games they have to pass the rubric first, mm-hmm. and then if they pass the rubric, then they can be nominated for Game of the Year.
1: It wouldn't be the first rubric I've made, that's for sure. (laughs) No, it would not. I'm a fairly experienced rubric maker at this point. Be on the lookout.
0: No. Be on the lookout, guys. He's making his indie rubric. That's hilarious. (laughs) All right, we got one more comment here from Guy. Guy said, I think it was a lot easier to define what was an indie and what was AAA back in the day, but now that budgets and development costs have ballooned so much, it's hard to draw a definitive line for games caught in the middle. And that's what we have here. Yeah. We have a game kind of caught in the middle in terms of Day of the Diver. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it had a, a fairly large budget, um, but it was made by a smaller team. And it just has hit this weird, it has landed right on the line to the point to where people just don't know if it's an indie or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked a lot about how, how, could, how could they make it right? You know, how, how do they protect their legacy here? Who, Dave the diver, yeah. Dave, yeah. Yeah, how does Dave protect his legacy? Dave, Boncho, all the characters, how do they protect their legacy? And you know, you brought up something that made me kind of sad, but I, you know, I've pondered it for the past 30 minutes, and maybe it's the right thing.
0: And you saying when I said that if they really wanted to, they could say, like, we withdraw ourselves from the category, mm-hmm. which I, I do think would be. One, I think that'd be a, a pretty baller move to It'd do. It'd be pretty classy. Yeah, if <laughs> they're like, look, no, we because you, what you don't want is you don't want Dave the diver. They don't need to win. I was about. I know what. What if it wins? <laughs> they, don't win. they don't need to. God, they don't need to win. Talk
1: about sullying your uh, your yeah. reputation there.
0: Yeah, because if they win They're no fault of your own. Yeah, it's like they've created a a, a game that people love. You know, mm-hmm. tons of people love this game, and if they win the category, it's. It's gonna feel very disrespectful to true indie little indie studios. Yeah. And then it's not gonna help them. I mean, it may I don't know. A controversy they say helps everything, but um I I I think that they probably don't wanna win. If I were them, I would not wanna win. But that's just me.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't want them to win because I think Sea of Stars is better. But um <laughs> I also don't want them to win because I love this game, and I don't want it to go down in history as the game that ruined the indie category. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but if that, <clears throat> but it could happen. It could. I'm happen. I'm telling you, totally. It could, could, happen. could happen. It could happen. It's between two games. I, I think. I mean, I you haven't played
0: Cocoon yet. I haven't that game played Cocoon. was phenomenal.
1: Well, that's true. I haven't played Cocoon. Maybe I'll try to, maybe I'll try to sample it. You know, before, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, and I haven't played Viewfinder, but I have played Dredge and Sea of Stars and Dave the Diver. And uh, I think it's going to come down to those two. Well, and know.
0: it might. It might. But I, it's, I, if I were them, I wouldn't want to win.
1: A Sabotage Studio. That's another one. You're looking up another. Well, I was trying to figure out what the budget was for Sea of Stars. That's what I was trying to.
0: Daniel, I've come to the conclusion that I need you to make an indie rubric. I'm going to make it. You need to make it and decide what are the different things that – could qualify you as being an indie, and if you check all the boxes, or you don't even have to check all the boxes because, like we said, I don't think you necessarily have to be self-published to be an indie. Mm
1: -hmm. But it Uh, helps.
0: But it helps a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you necessarily have to have a a small team to be an indie, but it helps. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the budget, I do think, needs to be relatively small. But as someone brought up, I think it was Guy at the end saying, like, you know – Cost development costs have bloomed so much that you know mm-hmm. what is an indie? You know, like other games cost a hundred million dollars to make, but your game only costs one million dollars to make. That's you know a hundredth of the budget. You, right. Is that an
1: indie should it be a ratio? You know, right? Or should it, yeah, should it be some sort of fraction as opposed to you, what you do is you take a uh, number.
0: You take the most recent in terms of your rubric. You take the budget for the most recent Grand Theft Auto game or <laughs> the most recent <laughs> Call of Duty game. And oh, then, yeah. and then that's what you base it on. It's like, does your game fall into less than five um, percent of the budget of the most recent Call of Duty game? And if it's under five percent of the budget for the most recent Call of Duty game, it it gets it points.
1: Have we decided right here that Call of Duty is the anti indie? Well, is the antithesis of all the indie embodies? I, I think is it we, Call of Duty. I think, I, I think it might be. I
0: think it might be Call of Duty. Yeah. 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 So yeah.
1: There we go. Call of Duty. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I can't. I haven't found like the budget for Sea of Stars. But uh, it, they did do a Kickstarter campaign for this game. Okay. Very indie. Very indie idea. Very indie. That's bonus points on the rubric. Uh, and it did
0: the, have a Kickstarter. Their yes.
1: goal was 133000 Canadian dollars. Okay. And they raised $1.6 Canadian dollars. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, but the goal was 133000 Right. That's what they were asking, you know, to make the game, essentially. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm interpreting this on Kickstarter correctly. Mm-hmm. Um. But you can't
0: tell me they didn't use all that money. You know they did.
1: It felt like they did. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: csr has got a fairly good push.
1: But if it was raised, right, if the money was raised independently, yeah. How much money can you raise before you've raised too much? That's going to be on the rubric. Be on the lookout. I think it needs to be a percentage
0: based on what the most recent Call of Duty game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was your budget this far above the?
0: Because <laughs> Call of Duty, because the Call of Duty is a, a yearly game, so its mm-hmm. budget is going to stay with inflation. So you can use it as a baseline.
1: What is the newest Call of Duty called?
0: Modern Warfare Three, and it just came out. But I don't know. Maybe a bad one to look at because that one started. It was supposed to be a side mode. Oh. It wasn't supposed to be a full game. But oh. what's the budget? <laughs>
1: Uh, The first article I found, the title says, despite $1 billion budget, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 had, and then it goes dot, dot, dot. Um, I think it had about a... No, wait, it had a billion dollars. I think it had a hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of million dollars. <laughs> I, I don't budget. doubt
0: that. I don't think it had a billion dollar Okay, here budget. I'm seeing... Do you I, th- th- I don't think it had a billion dollar budget. I really don't Here, think
1: here so. I'm hearing somebody say, do you think it's around 300 million? Somebody else said "It maybe it's around 100 million. Yeah. Somebody else is saying the most... Oh my God, a list of the most expensive video games ever created. But it's from 2018. Bruh, Call of Duty... Wait.
0: There, this is the second Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Yeah. Because this is the...
1: They've re done the series they spent 250 million making the first one (laughs) grand theft auto 5 265 million yeah yeah destiny 140 million
0: i mean like there are games there are lots of games that over 100 million is not uncommon at all today like not uncommon at all final fantasy 7
1: 145 million
0: that was back in the day
1: yeah i mean that's ps1
0: is that the, yeah, Okay, I assume that's not
1: the remake. No, because this list, no, 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 this is the, well, actually, when did that come out? It didn't come out in 2018. No, that came out yeah. in like
0: 2021.
1: Yeah, so this article predates the remake, so. Yeah, okay. I'm telling you what, guys, I think we've solved nothing, and yet we've solved everything. Be on the lookout for a hell of a rubric.
0: Right. The, the indie rubric is coming up.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so. When do we debut it?
0: We can, de- we can debut on episode 100 of the uh, Gaming Gig podcast coming up. This is episode 97. That is so cool. <laughs> All right. So last segment of the podcast is the Three for Dale Club. If you hung out with us this entire time while we just made no progress on discovering what an indie game was.
1: I've made progress internally.
0: Well, good. Good for you. If you hung out with us this entire time, we want to celebrate you and shout you out at the end of the next podcast. And we do that through our 3 for Dale Club.
1: That's right. The 3 for Dale Club, it's a very exclusive club. you got to listen to us talk crap for so long. So all you got to do to join, okay, is drop us a comment that says 3 for Dale. Say whatever else you want to say, but make sure you include our code phrase 3 for Dale.
0: Yep. Let us know that you made it to the end and we'll shout you out. Today, we're starting things off with Mr. Tom Derry who got his three for Dale in very last second, right as I was making this outline. So. Yeah, he
1: got it in on Discord, too. He, he did it both ways. Oh, did you do it both he, ways? He wanted to make oh, sure okay. he was there. I saw it on Discord. Yeah,
0: he put it in on Discord. He put it in on YouTube just to make sure he was there. Well, we got gotcha.
1: you. Nice. Next up, we got D18, who said, Omaha for Daniel. That's right. That's a that's a Peyton Manning thing.
0: That's between you and D18. Yeah. They got a Peyton Manning thing going on now. Next, we got Guy. Who now we got a comment here about our last podcast, which is on the PlayStation Portal. Go back and watch that. Mm-hmm. Guy says uh, about the PlayStation Portal. I will admit that I was definitely tempted by the idea of the Portal, but now I might just have to try out Remote Play on my Steam Deck instead and see how it runs.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Well,
0: it's not a, not a, it's not a bad idea. I mean, mm-hmm. for t- two hundred bucks like the Portal probably would be better, honestly. Um, but for two hundred bucks, you have to decide: is it worth it for you? Probably. Not.
1: Probably not. Uh, And by the way, you know, I just wanted to touch on something Randy said. It would be impossible for your three for Dale club on this episode to be about this episode. So if we're referencing something, it's probably last week. Just (laughs) so you know. (laughs) Just just so you know. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we got Kitaclism. Kitaclism said, I don't really have much to say on the subject of the portal and remote play and all that as I'm an Xbox player and don't do much with remote play myself. My only real contribution here is three for freaking Dale. That's all you need.
0: What all other contribution do you need?
1: That's all I need. That's the
0: most important thing in the world. All right. Next, we got Landon Stallings. Landon said, Sea Stars got me back into JRPGs after a year or two hiatus. Almost done with Live Alive playing Star Ocean, the second story R, next.
1: Very cool. And on a kick. That's a on, kick.
0: On a, on a kick.
1: Yeah. 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 Speaking of JRPGs, you know, that, that Dragon Quest experiment is in my future. It, it's coming up.
0: Do you know which one you're going to do? I'm going to
1: play the demo of the new one and okay. see if I like yeah. it. And yeah. then that's I played it.
0: the demo and it was very cool. Um, wasn't my cup of tea, but uh, you may love it.
1: Yeah, I, I think I might, but we'll see. I'm going to go into it expecting to love it.
0: I realize I have, a, I have a typo on this next. There should be a G at the end of uh, Old Benjamin's name.
1: All right, next <laughs> up, we got a comment from Benjamin Darlin. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, great that's randy's redneck coming out yeah benjamin said as someone with a steam deck and a switch Lite alongside my ps5 there really was no reason to get a portable rather spend that 200 dollars on additional games i think you're right
0: yeah that's not a bad for idea. the record i mean like I, I i think the portal's cool uh is it worth 200 bucks like, no i don't think so
1: yeah i think it's cool too but you know you're right man i don't know what i enjoy would, your
0: games i don't know <laughs> what it would need to be for me to be like yeah dude it's like no question and go buy one
1: if it had a direct connection and didn't go through uh, Wi-Fi all the time. That's uh, that's what... That would be a... If it was
0: a Wii U tablet.
1: If it was a Wii U game. Yeah.
0: All right. Finally, we got Landinator who said, I cannot believe the portal, a device whose primary use case is to stream over Wi-Fi, doesn't support Wi-Fi 6. Yeah. Um, I agree. But, you know, there was a guy in the comments who brought up some points like, like, yeah... But it really wouldn't even help it that much. Like it's kinda like it would Mm -hmm. be cool, but it'd be kind of pointless. Like, I don't know. There was a bunch of technical jargon. Yeah. They went over saying that like the portal doesn't couldn't even use the extra bandwidth that Wi Fi six would offer. So like there's no point in it. Okay. So maybe maybe he's right.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's always some sort of technical jargon that me and Randy ain't gonna get. You know, we're swayed by headlines. We were born in the kudzu. Yeah. You know, we hear a higher number, we think it's better. Definitely. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, somebody even got in there and said something about that Wi Fi seven is a thing. I don't even know if that's true. I just <laughs> sounds said, good. I just said, um, "Wow, I didn't know that." Sick. you know, like I, got, I don't know if he's right or not. Uh, I have no reason to say he's not. So uh, the point was that if you wanted to be future proofed, six wouldn't even go far enough. Was his point? And maybe he's right again. I don't Still, know.
0: to me, to my, I think like it should have had the what I think what I consider to be like the newfangled thing. Yeah, I wish
1: I. I'm gonna be honest with you. I wish they put Wi-Fi 10 in it. And Bluetooth anything.
0: Yeah, just any sort of Bluetooth would be nice. Anyway. But, well, guys, that gets us to the end. So, until next time, I'm Randy. Which makes me Daniel. And this has been Gaming Gig.
1: Peace out.